You're listening to the Fortress Church Audio Podcast. We're a church all about loving God and loving people. Let's listen in to our lead pastor, Randy Garcia, from this past Sunday's message. So open up your Bibles and tune in. Now, today we're going to talk about the spirit of generosity. And we're going to have some, you're going to have some good notes there in your pastor's page inside your bulletin. But some people don't always get uh, the right perspective of finances. And let's take, for example, this man that I heard about, a wealthy man, and uh, he loved his money. He was diagnosed with something, and the doctor says, you've got a month to live. So the man went home, and he says, honey, he tells his wife, you need to get all the money out of our bank account, and this is what you need to do. Put it in a money bag and go up to the attic above, uh, above where my bed is in the bedroom and put all that money in the money bag in a hook. That way, when I die, because I've got about a month to live, when I go up to heaven, I'll just grab that money bag on my way up to heaven. I, I just I want to take it with me, okay? He, did, he didn't have the right concept of money. So, well, the wife went ahead and did that. Uh, that's, that's what her husband wanted. And so, sure enough, a few weeks later, he passed away. Uh, they had the funeral and all that. Then she gets back home. She remembers the money, the money. And so what, he, what she did is she went up to the attic, and uh, the, the money bag was still there. Oh, I knew it. I knew I should have put the money in the basement. But, oh, well, <laughs> I think, I think, yeah, some of you got that. Okay. Well, we're going to look at a biblical perspective of finances. Today, we're going to talk about the spirit of generosity. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. In fact, I have uh, the NIV version here on the screen. I would love it if we could read this together. Can we say this together? Here we go. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Proverbs 3, 9. One more time. Let's say this together. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Lord, thank you for the privilege we have to be right here in your presence. As we come together, we do so in the mighty, powerful, wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, that we are blessed to even be here. And Lord, as we get into the teaching of your word, may your word come alive in us, Lord God. May we not just be hearers of the word, but may we respond and be doers of the word as well. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Today, we're going to talk about the spirit of generosity. Do we have any generous givers here in the house today? Amen. Praise God for that. Well, when it comes to generosity, sometimes we need to go back and have a refresher course of what does God's word say about being generous, about giving. Because I believe that Jesus is the greatest giver. After all, he gave his life for us on the cross of Calvary. Now, let me give you a little test. Let's see how good you are. First of all, I want to ask you the question, first of all, number one, uh, about how many, what percentage of Americans do you believe claim to be Christian? Anybody have a guess? About how many, uh, what percentage of Americans claim to be Christian? Well, most polls, we're gonna, I know it's pretty much similar to this percentage, but pretty much most uh, polls will say 73% or so, give or take, okay? But 73% of Americans claim to be Christians. Now, one of the things that you and I are called to do is obey the Word of God in the area of tithing. So anybody want to take a guess of what percentage of Americans tithe? 
<laughs> it's pretty it's pretty low but and i've heard anywhere from from uh 4% all the way up to 10% most pollsters will say between 7 and 9% of americans tithe so between 7 and 9% i started thinking you know why is there such a disparity if 73% of americans say i'm a christian but only let's just say 9% tithe, then there's something wrong with this picture because aren't we supposed to obey what the Word of God says in in form of the the tithe? So, um, and unfortunately, there's a lot of people who claim to be Christians, but they're just not totally committed to the Lord in fact of uh, of every area in their life. And so today we're going to talk about finances a little bit and what is what does it mean to tithe which is paying back to God the 10 percent that he has blessed us with now let me look at one more statistic I put on, on the screen here about how many churches in America just approximately close every year in the United States only United States of America I'll give you the figure about 4,000 churches in America close every year and the, one of the primary reasons for that is because of um, lack of financial support. Now, there's other reasons for churches closing, but one of the primary reasons is lack of financial support. And I start thinking, I, that's kind of sad because I, I love the church, and I never would want any church to uh, be closed down, but in fact, that's just, it's just what happens sometimes. And, and uh, if we could just, as Christians... Just have a little bit of a stronger spirit of generosity. I believe that number of churches that close wouldn't um, wouldn't be so high. And we read in Malachi three. We're not going to turn there, but if we've studied that before, uh, how the Word of God teaches us that we are to bring the tithe into the storehouse, into the church. And I praise God for the church. Anybody grateful for the church? Amen. Who established the church? Jesus Himself. We read in Matthew chapter sixteen. He established the church. So today we're going, to, we're going to take a look at that. What is our first responsibility when it comes to giving and having a spirit of generosity to the church? Now, I praise God for other areas that we, we are able to help in. But I emphasize today that, uh, and, and sometimes people get this a little mixed up, well, I want to help here, I want to give to this great cause and that great cause. Praise God for that. But first, have we given to the church? Recently, a couple months ago, we experienced Hurricane Harvey in Texas and the Texas Gulf Coast. And like, uh, like myself, many of you, your hearts were drawn to the people and the individuals, the families who were negatively affected in the Texas Gulf Coast, as well as in the flooding in Houston. And, uh, and many of you gave. We, we were collecting funds here for hurricane relief. And and praise God, we're able to help a, a number of churches. One of those, I'll give you a picture, Pastor C.E. Smith there in Victoria, Family Worship Center. And uh, some of you signed this big poster board. How many of you signed that poster board to say, hey, we, we're praying for you. We're blessing. We want to bless you. Uh, we, this particular church, we blessed them with $2,400. And we wanted to bless them because they had a lot of work to do and still have more work to do. So they took a picture and they're very grateful to us. This is their thank you to, to each one of you who gave to that. And of course, we helped out others as well. But I'm here to, to tell you that it's important for us to understand how we are to be sensitive to uh, what God tells us. And, uh, and, and I believe that when, when there's people in need, like what happened with the hurricane, uh, Hurricane Harvey that went to the 
Texas Gulf Coast, uh, then it is, I believe, as Christians, our responsibility to step up and help them. Many of you know that uh, that Brother Jose Nunez right over here, wave at us, Brother Jose, him and, and Vinny Moore and myself, we went to uh, to do some a Samaritan's Purse project. Why? Because we took time out of our busy schedule to go do some disaster relief over there and praise God for that. Uh, and, and many of you gave uh, to Samaritan's Purse as well. My wife and I gave to Samaritan's Purse, but I, I'm going to tell you, first of all, we tied to the church. We gave our, fulfilled our responsibility to the God-ordained institution of the church, and then we turned around, and then we gave to other organizations like Samaritan's Purse and others. This picture right here, you see Elder Daniel Rodriguez and his son Danny. Many of you know uh, Danny and Daniel and Jackie. They're not with us today because they're doing disaster relief in Houston as we speak. They took this weekend. They texted me this picture yesterday, and they are helping out <clears throat> some families in, in, the, in, in Houston because of the flood. So praise God for that. But Brother Daniel says, you know what, Pastor Ann? I did tithe first, okay? <laughs> he fulfilled his responsibility. And then he went the extra mile. Sometimes God gives us to, to go, to, tells us to go the extra mile. The tithe, the 10%, is just the, the standard, the base. Now, some people want to just stop there. And, you know, don't. I want to encourage you, you don't have to stop there because sometimes God encourages us to give even even more. Well, I have a friend who's in need. Praise God. Help those people who are in need. I would encourage you to do so, but, uh, but let's tithe first. Let's bring the money that God needs in the house and his kingdom. Let's do that first, and then, and then we can bless others. And uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you something like this. I know tonight... As we've been announcing the last few weeks, we're having Pastor's Appreciation Dinner in the Multipurpose Center at 6 o'clock. Looking forward to it. But uh, honestly, I just feel blessed to be, uh, we should have the congregation appreciation as well, right? I appreciate you guys. But I'm going to say this. Some of you are are thinking of, you know what, I want to bless the pastors with a a gift card or something. And that's totally up to you. But I'm going to say this. If you have not tithed and yet you want to give to the pastors, I'm going to have, ask you to reconsider that whole thing because I believe God comes first, okay? God comes first. Now, I, I praise God. I, I feel the love that so many of you uh, give to myself and the rest of the pastors here and praise God for that. But once again, I just want us to do things according to what the Word of God says and, um, and you know, once again, just follow as the Lord leads. Amen. But also, like, for example, today we had these missionaries, and we praise God for Derek and Heather Fallas uh, from Laos, and I loved what they're doing over there. But once again, let's be sensitive and say, Lord, what would you have me do? My first responsibility is to the church. And when you give to the church, when you tithe, we turn around and bless other ministries, other missionaries. Currently, we at Fortress Church support 29 missionaries every month. We support financially and prayerfully as well. And if you would like a list of the 29 missionaries we support right back over there at the Connection Hub, you can get that list. So even when you tie to the church, you are investing not only in this local body, but literally around the world. So I just want to say thank you for your spirit of generosity because what you do makes a world of difference. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. I want to read this to you from the message version. It says, give away your life. You'll find life given back, but not merely given back, given back with bonus and blessing. Giving, not getting, is the way generosity begets generosity. Once again, Luke 6, 38. Now, 
I looked at the word go, G-O, and I kind of wanted to say, I want to use the word go as generosity opportunities. Amen? So, you know, when do I do this? Just go for it. Generosity opportunities. And we have got a couple of them for you that we've been telling you about. First of all, there's Operation Christmas Child. This is a great gen- generosity opportunity. And here at Operation Child, uh, Christmas Child, you can get a shoebox. And the shoeboxes are right back there at the Ministry Resource Center. And you can fill up this shoebox with toys. You can choose to bless a boy. You can choose to bless a girl. You can choose a certain age bracket. And you can fill this box up with toys to bless a child. And this is shipped through Samaritan's Purse and Operation Christmas Child to a child somewhere in the world. Most of them go to third world countries, and that will probably be the only gift they would ever get. Right back over there, the deadline to bring it back is in two weeks from today, November the 12th. Here's another go, generosity opportunity. We are partnering with His Bridge Builders. Some of you are, are, uh, have gone out to the East Side Outreach, usually about once a month. We go out to the East Side Outreach. Now, being that November is Thanksgiving, on November the 18th, we are planning to bless 150 families on the east side near the Wheatley Courts with groceries, uh, with a turkey and groceries so that they can have a blessed Thanksgiving meal. So here's what we need. Uh, we're partnering with a number of churches. For example, Community Bible Church is supplying 150 turkeys. Guess what Fortress Church is doing? We are supplying uh, canned foods to go with those turkeys. So I'm looking for 150 canned green beans, 150 sweet potatoes, and 150 corn. I believe we can do that within the next two weeks. How many of you want to participate in this? And when we partner with the other churches, we're going to bless 150 families with, uh, with a great Thanksgiving meal. So once again, like Operation Christmas Child, the deadline for this is two weeks from today. But I call this GO, Generosity Opportunities. And what a great privilege that we have to be uh, in, uh, involved in what God is doing. Some of you may say, well, Pastor Randy, you're talking about a lot of things. We've got a missionary. We've got Operation Christmas Child. We've got Eastside Outreach. we got, yeah. You know what? Sometimes it's a sacrifice to give. How many know that it's a sacrifice? But you know what? When, we, when, we, when it's a sacrifice, we can bless God. How many know Jesus was our sacrifice when he went to the cross of Calvary? He gave, did he give his best? Yeah. He gave his all. He gave his life. The least we could do is give of our resources and bless God. Number one, I want to walk through three quick generosity statements. Number one, generosity flows from a relationship with the Lord. It flows from a relationship with the Lord. Psalm 24, 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Everything belongs to the Lord. Can we use that premise to start off with? Reminded of the story of the man who went through the McDonald's drive-thru to buy his son a Happy Meal. Got the Happy Meal. Son was in the back seat. Gave the Happy Meal to, to the son. They took off, and they were driving on home, and those French fries smelled pretty good. So dad was driving, and he wanted a French fry. All he wanted was one French fry. So as he went to a, to a, a stop sign, or rather a, a, a red light, uh, he was stopped, and he reached over to grab one of the French fries from his son's. Happy Meal, and he's grabbing one French fry, and his son just slapped his hand. Daddy, they're mine. They're mine. Oh, wait a minute. Dad was thinking, I'm the one who bought that for you. I'm the one who provided that Happy Meal for you. Shouldn't my son, shouldn't my son be grateful? 
I'm not asking to eat all his food. I'm asking for one French fry. And yet he was so greedy that he wouldn't give me my, a, a one French fry. I mean, I have the power to go buy my own, but I was just asking him for one of his French fries, which really was mine. But as I heard that story, I think about how so many of us are kind of like that little boy. God blesses us. God gives us resources. And God just says, hey, can I have 10%? And we say, no, God, no, no. Mine. There's some people who have that mentality. It's mine. But didn't God provide for you? Yes, but it's mine. (laughs) And sometimes we just need to have a little change of attitude when it comes to knowing that everything really belongs to the Lord. One of the mistakes many people make is getting in debt. Many people have the tendency to spend money they don't have, to buy things they really don't need, to impress people they really don't like. Happens, right? Philippians 4.19. And my God will meet all your needs according to his riches in, in his glory in Christ Jesus. How many of you love that promise? Love that promise. But can I tell you something? That promise is not for everybody. What? It's not for everybody? No, no. What are the last three words in this passage? In Christ Jesus. So so that means if you are in Christ Jesus, you can claim the promise. That's a promise of God. I love the promises of God, but I mean, no, you got to be in Christ Jesus to claim this one. If you want God to meet your needs, you got, what does it mean to be in Christ Jesus? To have a relationship with the Son of God. Amen. That you know God on a personal basis. How many of you are in Christ Jesus? Amen. You have a personal relationship with the Lord. And because of that, the promises of God can flow forth. So let's be in Christ Jesus. Observation number two, generosity happens when it is a priority. It happens when it is a priority. You are probably familiar with this passage here in Matthew 6, 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. What a great promise there in Matthew 6.33. So as we talk about this, we, we're thinking about priorities and all around in life. And is God a priority? For example, if you want your family to be blessed, guess what you've got to do? You've got to put God first in your family. If you want your marriage to be blessed, how many know you've got to put God first in your marriage? If you want your business to be blessed, you've got to put God first in your business. If you want your finances to be blessed, what do you got to do? You got to put God first in your finances. This is called tithing. Dave Ramsey said this, how you handle or mishandle your money tells us who you are, and more important, it tells you who you are. Your priorities, passions, goals, and fears are shown clearly in the flow of your money. It tells tells us who we are. Every time you get a paycheck, every time you get paid or get income, it's a test. How am I going to handle this? Does God come first? Hopefully you pass the test. And once again, there's a lot of temptations, a lot of things we want to do with our money, and I enjoy that. But has God come first? Now, but Pastor, I don't get to enjoy life if God comes first. Yes, you do. Can I tell you something? Entitled secret. Okay, don't tell anybody here. Brenda and I have tickets to a Dallas Cowboy football game coming up, okay? (laughs) Uh, I mean, no, the Cowboys need a little prayer, huh? Okay. But that's all right. We'll pray for them, okay? Uh, But a few months ago, we're, 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 you know, what are we going to do? Can we, can we do something here? And yeah, yeah. And I, if you know me, you know, I love sports. And, and so, um, 
And so uh, we tithed, gave our, our a tithe to the church, amen. And we made sure we did that first because that's our priority. And then we saved uh, some money, put some money aside. And then when, it, when we had the money, yeah, we went ahead and bought the tickets. So uh, we're going to get to enjoy it. But once again, we kind of got to put things in order. If It would be very tempting to say, you know what, I'm not going to tithe this month. Instead, I'm going to use that money to go buy a Dallas Cowboy football ticket, uh, a ticket to the game. Uh, but, no, we got to put God first. And I, I want to guarantee you that God's going to meet your needs. And it's not, you're not going to just blow away and not have any enjoyment in life. God's going to provide for you. I'm a testimony. My wife and I are testimony of that. And uh, praise God for that. Uh, now we just need to pray for the Cowboys. Amen. To another level lesson. There is a direct correlation between the way we handle our finances and our spiritual maturity. Because when we are able to put God first, that's a reflection of how spiritually mature we are. Uh, you know, one of the things I love is to hear testimonies of individuals who've uh, just said, Lord, you know, whatever, whatever it is I will do for you. And Elder Rick is an example of that. I've asked him, um, just share your heart uh, about what it means to you to, to give to the Lord. Good morning. Yeah, uh, Friday evening, I got a call from Pastor Randy, and he was just asking, uh, says, oh, okay, would you be able to share in the second service, you know, why you give? And the immediate thought that I said, uh, that came to my mind was, yeah, probably is talking about giving and tithing, and which apparently I'm right with that first impression. But something within, you know, inside me just quickened me that um, I think that, you know, giving is beyond tithing, although that's a very big part of it. And um, growing up, my parents and um, have taught myself and my siblings about giving back. And, you know, from there, I said, and I thought to myself, okay, before you can give back anything, something has to be, have been given to you. And in reality, it just made me think again that, you know, that's right. God has given us so many things. God has given us financial resources. God has given us our health. God has given us our families. God has given us our friends, our brothers and sisters in, in Christ here in the service. And there's just so much that, you know, God has given us. So there's always something that we can always give back. So, you know, the question is, you know, why... You know, why do I give? So I listed a lot of things. And a lot of things already, Pastor Randy, you know, have already, you know, um, shared with a sermon. But this is what, you know, as I pray and, you know, try to write down things, you know, these are the things that I wrote down. And God has just impressed upon my heart. It says, you know, what has God taught me with regards to giving? In giving, I have learned how to put God first. Because basically, if, you know, if I have to give, I have to learn how to prioritize. And if I put God first, you know, I know that he will provide. When my wife and I first got married, and that was eons ago, uh, we, we found this book by Larry Burkett. He, you know, he was uh, one of the, well, he's uh, gone with the Lord now. But one of, the thing, one of the books that he has is about, you know, finances for young couples. And one of the uh, 
in the first in the beginning of the book it talks about you know making it, making me us realize that you know everything belongs to God and we're just basically stewards of what God has given us so in that sense you know you know it takes a little while to you know chew that up and you know just take it internally but you know I praise God that he just made me realize that, you know, as I mature in my walk and uh, my wife's walk with him, that, you know, it truly is from him, and I just have to be better steward for it. And, you know, I learn how to make uh, put God first, and also, you know, I'm still continuing to learn, because there's a lot of areas, just like everybody else, that, you know, we're not perfect, but we try, and as we continue to develop our relationship with the Lord and get closer to him, that we just surrender all those things. But there's a lot of blessing in that, because with that comes contentment. In giving, I learn contentment. You know, I don't have to have the most expensive or most popular car or the biggest house. You know, I just have to have enough. Because, you know, I grew up in the Philippines, and, you know, compared to what we have here, in the, in the Philippines, there are just places where, you know, um, people just live in huts. And basically, because I just look at sometimes some of the things that I accumulated over the years, and it's just sitting in my garage, and I said, and then, you know, we lock up our doors and everything. And then I look at that, and I get reminded of that because we watch television where we have Filipino channel. And then I see, you know, these people who just live in huts, and I said, you know, how do they secure their stuff? Well, you know, to begin with, they don't have much stuff to be secured. But, you know, with that, you know, just comes, you know, brings back to me that, you know, I just have, I don't have to have the biggest things. I just, you know, God has provided me with enough. And in giving, I learned that. Because if I put God first, I know that that portion that is of, you know, for God, and the rest of it, I will manage accordingly. And that, you know, and that in itself is a blessing. And in giving, I, you know, I find joy because basically when I'm able to give, basically, you know, all the other things I have to worry about, having to pay, you know, larger credit card bills or anything, is not there anymore because I just have to be, I have, to, I have learned to be content in what we have and not spend more than what I should. And also um, in giving, you know, I get to, uh, I get to know God more. There is this verse, and that's been, you know, God has just opened my eyes to. While back in the 90s, there's this um, Bible study called Experiencing God. And there's this one verse uh, in Ephesians 3.20, where in Ephesians, you know, Paul describes God. And in Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, exceeding abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think according to the power that works within us. And, you know, it just lit up in my mind, you know, as God reveals this to me, that, he, you know, to him who is able to do exceeding, exceeding abundantly beyond all that we ask or think. The more I think about that, I said, you know, this is getting to know God who, you know, even before we think, he already got that covered. So just, you know, in that in giving, I'm able to be able to say, yeah, I got that covered. There's, you know, 
in life, there's just multiple challenges. You know, just like this past week, um, my wife has, um, you know, accidentally cut her fingers, and she has to have, like, surgery to get it fixed. And uh, I already have more or less used up all my um, time off because when was that? Um, August, my mom was in near death, so we had to rush over to the Philippines and all that kind of stuff. So I used up all my time off. And I said, okay, you know, if I'm going to, you know, if I'm going to take the time off, I have to take time off without pay. But, you know, God had already got that covered. God has blessed us with, you know, brothers and sisters here in church, especially, you know, a special thanks to, you know, Sister, Sister Christine, who has, you know, I don't even have to take time off. She, and she spent her time with my wife and drove her over to the hospital and stayed with her. And, you know, to think of it, you know, that, that's in that way. You just didn't, God didn't even have to take away from my time so I can go over there. It's not that I didn't care for my wife to be there, but my wife says, okay, you know, you can go. We, we can get this handled. God will take care of us. And God provided Sister Christine for us, who was so generous, and, you know, we're just blessed with them, uh, with her doing this for us. And we know that this is how God provides for us. And so when, you know, when we get a chance to give, you know, we just don't know how much blessing, you know, that, we could, that actually comes from us, that God got us covered. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Brother Rick. Excellent. I, I love that. How many know the Lord is our Jehovah Jireh? Somebody say Jehovah Jireh. What does that mean? My provider. Somehow, some way, God always provides. You know, the one thing uh, that, that Brother Elder Rick said that he, he learned about uh, giving and giving back from his dad. And, and this morning at our 915 service, uh, uh, Richard and Patty Robledo testified, and, and they also said, I learned from my dad. And I started thinking the same thing. And I learned from my dad about tithing. And I'm thinking, what a great legacy. Because sometimes we want to bless our children with financial provisions. Nothing wrong with that. But can I tell you something? That's not going to last a whole long, okay? But if you teach them how to tithe and give to God, they're going to be blessed for the rest of their life. Is that the kind of legacy that you're leaving your children? Do you want them to be blessed for the rest of their life? And that's what I'm noticing about those who, who testify uh, about that. They received a legacy. Now it's time for us to pass on that legacy. One last item as we close our message today. Generosity flows from a higher level of faith. Yes, it's going to challenge your faith because paying your tithes is going to be a matter of faith. Well, do I have enough to live on the 90%? Do I have enough to be able to pay my bills on that 90%. It's, it, some of us have faith. Some of us don't have faith. During our spiritual emphasis, following uh, the book to another level, I asked you the question, on a scale of 1 to 10, where do you rate yourself in your spiritual life? Wherever you rated yourself, there's always room to grow because none of us are 10. There's always room to grow. So perhaps we can rate ourselves as far as this that we're talking about on the level of generosity. Where do we rate ourselves on a scale of 1 to 10? Let's just say right in the middle should be the tithe because that is required of us. But as uh, Brother Rick said, we, we don't have to stop there. It goes beyond the tithe, beyond that. 
so we can give to those who are in need. We can give God the best of our time, talents, and treasures. We can be a blessing to others. But wherever you place yourself on a scale of 1 to 10 in the area of tithing and giving, there's always room to grow. Always room to grow. It says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. I love what Randy Alcorn said, and I use this quote from the, the book that he wrote called The Treasure Principle. He says, in fact, 15% of everything Christ said relates to this topic of money and possessions. The more, uh, than his, more than his teachings on heaven and hell combined. Why did Jesus put such an emphasis on money and possessions? Because there's a fundamental connection between our spiritual lives and how we think about and handle money. We may try to divorce our faith with our finances, but God sees them as inseparable. I love that quote. In fact, uh, this week's uh, Digging Deeper Lessons, Digging Deeper is our notes that we offer our Connect Group leaders and those in, in, uh, for personal study, is bless the Lord. From Psalm 103, bless the Lord. And I'm listing five ways that we can bless the Lord, that we can be a blessing to the Lord and how we are blessed in return, how God gives back to us. Frederick Bushner said this. He says this, The world says the more you take, the more you have. But Christ says the more you give, the more you are. So today I want to close. There's a little story that I heard uh, about a bank robbery that took place. And uh, thieves came in and took, went into a bank and stole a whole bunch of possessions in the safe deposit boxes of those who had materials there. Uh, they stole about $7 million worth of stuff. And when one of the ladies found out, they had to notify your, your, the, your content. The content of what you had in your safe deposit boxes were stolen. She got livid. She started crying and wailing. She had $500,000 worth of jewelry in there, and it was stolen. Now, I realize there was insurance involved, but, uh, but I, I wrote down her quote. She says, everything I had was in there. My whole life was in that box. When I read that, my whole life was in that box. I thought, how sad that everything she lived for was in a box. She had nothing to pass on to the next generation. Everything that she had in life was in her financial possessions. But can I tell you something? When you give to God, it goes beyond the financial realm. It goes into the spiritual realm. And we can be made rich in every way, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians I close with one last reminder, Matthew 6, 21. What does it say? Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, all God has to do, if he wants to know where your heart is, all God has to do is check where your treasure is, and he'll find where your heart is. 